0: You're listening
1: to a sermon by Covenant Church. Amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks, Josh, for leading us in prayer. My name's Steve, but we haven't met yet. And I'm one of the pastors here. And we're starting a five-week series today. And you know where we're g- going to begin? We're going to begin with God's Word. So on page 18 is 2 Corinthians 8, just the beginning verses. So turn to page 18 and... Uh, if you have oppositional divide disorder, you refuse to hold a book, we have it up here on the screen and we're already trying to help everyone. So we're here for you. Uh, Listen to God's word. It's the apostle Paul writing to this church that's in an ancient city called Corinth. We want you to know brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for a severe test of affliction, Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in all earnestness and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. This is God's word. And so begins a two-chapter section encouraging and instructing a church in generosity. Now, Corinth had a bunch of other problems. They had other things going on that weren't cool. They were a church that, like, they'd pick their favorite pastor, and then that group would make T-shirts with that guy's face, and they'd be like, no, we follow this guy, and they were arguing about different things. And with with all the problems going on, generosity is an important thing to spend two chapters on. Generosity is an important thing to look at. And notice where the Apostle Paul starts. Okay, There's a a need, and he could have gone on and on about the need. They're relieving some saints who are suffering from famine. There's some Christian churches in an area where there's famine. They're going to help those churches, and those churches are going to help people around them. And he could have just gone on and on, hey, here are the needs, here are the needs, here are the needs. But you know where he starts? He starts just by asking them to grow in this area of discipleship. He's like hey you're good at this other stuff you have faith there's word gifts there you have faith you have earnestness you have zeal so also in this area see that you excel in this act of grace in this area being a disciple he starts with discipleship today is the first of a five-week series that's part of this two-year initiative And you're going to hear some goals and some prayer for goals, stuff we're asking God to do in us and through us. But it starts by recognizing, hey, we want to continue to grow as disciples. Where are we starting? Okay, let's let's think about it. Page four of the book is Covenant's Vision. This is actually Bob Myers, who served this church faithfully for 18 years, would talk about building a community to reach a community. And we just, we've added this line so that together we can enjoy and share the freedom of Jesus. Uh, That's our mission. That's our vision. We're building a community to reach a community. What are we? We're a community of disciples, followers of Jesus. A disciple is a follower. A disciple is a learner, you know? So, like, do you want to learn more about Jesus? You want to know His love for you. You want to know what God's done for you in Jesus. Do you know what it is to shape your life around who Jesus is and the message of the gospel? That's what it is to be a disciple. And so, all we're doing is we're saying, "Look, look, let's be disciples." And at this church, we talk about rhythms of discipleship. I mean, this past year, we talked about feasting, fasting. We talked about we talked a lot about worship. And uh, Josh Bundy. In January, did a couple sermons on discernment, like seeking God's wisdom on stuff. We take we take the rhythms of life of being a disciple of Jesus seriously, and now we've finally gotten uh, we've gotten to the one called generosity. So, what's the goal of this whole thing? Well, look on there; it is on page four in the book. We have the first goal. What's the primary goal? Personal discipleship growth. The primary goal of reach is that all of us would have an encounter with Jesus and take steps in the discipleship rhythm of generosity. We're hoping that 100% of us would participate, take some further step in obedience of faith. Let's pray for a deeper work in us. Let's pray together that our practice of gospel stewardship would be transformed for the rest of our lives. Okay, that, we really are, the leaders of the church are pleading with you, hey, let's be disciples. The the elders, we've looked at each other in the eye and prayed over this. Let's be disciples. Let's prayerfully wrestle with these things. What does that look like? Okay, it means like, listen to the sermons. Take some notes. Uh, We wrote discussion questions. We read, we wrote articles that we're not inviting you to, you'll have five weeks to read them. We have a lot of vision to go through that we pray is is as inspiring to you as it is to us. But we're just asking you before the Lord, make this about you and Jesus. What are you going to do before the Lord in this area of your life? Uh, So we're just asking you to take the journey. There's a work of God in us. And let's be honest, there are some challenges when we talk about money. There are some barriers, some hang-ups. Look at page 20. Okay, Josh Bundy worked hard in these discussion questions, and we tweaked them as a team. Look at the first discussion question, and this is why I kind of want you to go through this and then talk about it with somebody. Maybe you should start a little group and go through this together. Go through it with another couple friends. Do this with your spouse. What's the first question of the first week? Let's be honest about the emotions that come with the Discipleship Series on Giving. What are the first impressions you feel? Anxiety? Hope? Guilt? Excitement? Uh, Here's a follow-up question it's not in the book. What, what, what all is behind that? Do you have some shame about how you handled money? Are you like, ah, geez. Or is this like, ah, uh, you know you should think about generosity sometime, but you've Put yourself in a, you know, I know what it is to be in debt. Uh, Maybe you're like, just the topic like arouses some frustration. Did your family always talk about money? Never talk about money. My dad's family didn't have money. He didn't like to think about money. He could easily be generous with it, but he wasn't a good planner. My mom uh, came from a little bit more money. Her, My grandfather went from a one- Uh, one-room schoolhouse in Iowa to actually going on to college and then becoming a lawyer, she came from money, was a good planner, but it also stressed her out. And your history with money affects you. History with churches affects you. Maybe you've seen churches do awesome stuff with money. And in the history of the world, has there been anything, has any organization done more good than the church so i was loving the poor bringing good news serving people starting hospitals translating languages no i would say no are there some bad apples yes is some weird stuff happened yes so maybe it's some of that stuff what would it look like to give all that to god what would it look like to just like be real about that um can we just admit we get more than a little weird about money? Um, even, okay, so today, later on today, there's going to be a First Impressions team meeting. Everyone who helps out um, with the cafe to you know, people who are greeters. You know what job people don't like to, to do? Pass the little bags around. Because everyone's so weird about it. And a lot of times people act like, it's going to burn you if you touch it. Don't touch it. And you know if you've touched it, it does burn just a little bit. But we're even weird about passing it. It's like, you know, people, people don't want to sign up to do that. And so thank you for the folks that did it today. Because they're like, yeah, I don't want to be part of the shakedown, which of course it's not. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, let's pass it again. This rose stakes. You know, let's just, come on, guys. You know, they're not, they, I'm joking about it because they don't do that, right? And like when people are new, we invite you to not do that. So, it's okay not to do it. Most people give online, but even passing the, the little bag things, we get weird. Years ago, as part of a men's retreat. How about these topics for a men's retreat? Sex, power, and money real light, light topic light topics which was the hardest thing to talk about it was the money one why are we doing this jesus tells us there's a lot on the line with money jesus lovingly says things like this no one can serve two masters for either you'll hate the one and love the other or he'd be devoted to the one despise the other You cannot serve God and money. Jesus says it's got to be clear in our hearts who our number one is. we got to get that clear in our hearts and actually in our pattern of life. That's loving for Jesus to say that. So how about this? Friends, brothers and sisters, let's make our life consistent with what we say and sing. A series of generosity is it's actually a chance. Let's make our life more consistent with what we say and sing. Let's love God with what we own and actually love people. What we do with money, there's a chance to love God and love people. And it's really important. You get this sense that the community of Corinth, which they had some poverty, but they also had some wealth. They were near these two ports so a lot of money flowed through their city. A lot of money was in their city. You get some sense reading through that they kind of have to be talked into f- focusing on this discipleship rhythm for a while. They'd rather do other stuff. They'd rather do other stuff, which is why Paul says, verse 7, as you excel at everything in faith and speech and knowledge and all earnestness. And he does, he talked to them about spiritual gifts, but he's going to talk to them for two chapters about money. He says, see that you excel in this act of grace also. This act of grace, this grace flowing through you. Seek to grow in this area too. Uh, How does Paul start with it? He starts by, hey, holding up the example of another church, the church in Macedonia, and they were poor, but they asked, like, could we get in on this? Hey, you're helping some people. Could we please also be a part of that? We've heard other cher- churches are helping those, those people in Judea and Jerusalem. Could we be part of that? It's kind of a crazy thing to do. But look at this. Where did they start? They gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. I have this on a slide. Uh, they gave themselves first to the Lord. Verse 4 and then by the will of God to us. Like, I'm just pleading with you, actually, hey, bring this area of your life before God. Let's study this, like, do the work. Let's ask God to do this. Some of us need to be like, released from shame, maybe have shame about money. Um, one of my soul brother friends, one of the pastors uh, that I've actually had preach here, we we both admitted like, Man, we had to have dads who taught us about saving for retirement, which becomes more important when your age starts with the number five and then six. You know, it's like, so we had some shame about it. I'm just saying, like, what do you need to let Jesus in? What do you need to let Jesus' his love, his grace, his wisdom, his ways, his provision, his promises? What do you need to? Ask God to do in your soul and the discipleship journey, so you become less weird, more free, more secure in who you are in Jesus, and more generous. Let's give ourselves first to the Lord. And what does Paul mean? He's like, and by the will of God to us, he gave himself first to the Lord, then by the will of God to us. This is what he's not doing. He's not seeking support. He is trying to get them to follow his leadership because they got weird with Paul and he's trying to re- help his relationship with them in both first Corinthians and second Corinthians. He hasn't received any support. He's actually said, look, um, he works with his hands. Sometimes these other churches support him, but it got so weird. They were like, are you an apostle? Like these other apostles are, they, like make their living from the gospel, you've never received anything from us. He actually has to say, hey, parents, save up for kids. not the other way around. I'm your spiritual father. If you love me more, if I love you more by like not even, he's like, if I love you more and I'm like willing to be spent for you, will you love me less? What he's trying to do is to get them to give themselves to this massive project to help people. He's like, we trust our leadership is on board with stuff. So he, he actually, in 1 Corinthians, he actually instructs them. We have a slide for this. 1 Corinthians 16, he instructed them before. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. So there's massive relief effort with all these Gentile churches are taking an offering because mostly Jewish churches are suffering from famine. And they're like, we can help them. Look at what he does. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. As he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. So it's Sunday. This is actually the first day of the week. Sunday's not the last day of the weekend. It's the first day of the week. And think about what you're doing here today. On the first day of the week, the day that Jesus rose from the dead, you're starting your week out with worship. That's what you're doing. First things first. And he actually instructs them, hey, put something aside, store it up, and look at what he does. When I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem if it seems advisable that I should go, also they will accompany me. He's like, look, you, you have your guys carry it, send a letter. We're the Corinth gang. Here's our part. He's helping them plan, and he's making a plan. So the leaders of this church, we've wrestled and wrestled, and we have, we have a prayerful plan. We have some goals that we think are god size. They're not preposterous or ludicrous. But they're big, okay? I'm admitting it's big. We're actually trying to see some stuff happen in the world that will glorify Jesus and some people be helped by Jesus and so people learn about Jesus that have never heard about Jesus and alleviate some poverty and train some people. We're trying to plan, and that's what the second goal is about. So look down at the secondary goal. What page? It's page 5 in the book, the second goal. Look, we have a budget of three million this year. If we make it, um, we're trying to raise another three million. So over two years, three million, three million. If we raise another three million, it'd be nine million altogether. To re- we could release in order to advance the gospel's reach in our community, region, and world. Let's pray together for God's provision and ask God to do a deeper work through us. So there's a work in us as disciples, and there's actually a work we're prayerfully putting before all of you through us to bless the world, extend the gospel's reach in the community, region, and world. And turn over to the next page, and we actually have this up on a slide. We want to see the gospel's reach be extended in our community, region and world the black is like what we spend now so two years 5.4 million dollars for the building for the stuff for the ministries that are going on now uh you know staff to keep coming to going 5.4 now if reach works by god's grace we'd spend 6.8 on this church community as we bless our immediate surroundings so that is some outreach, local, super locally, but that's like this church. Check out these numbers. The next two years, 400 grand is what we give to ministries outside the church in this region. Okay? It's like poverty alleviation in this region. things, Ministries that are outside this church and organizations, uh, it's like Barclay Food Drive. It's like whatever is right around here, with reach. There'd be 1.4 million dollars total. It's adding a million dollars, adding a million dollars to the regional impact. Look what happens with the international stuff. 240 grand is what would go to an international address. Okay, normally. By God's grace. Uh, we're praying that we'd have $800,000 to give God's purposes in the world. I'm going to be able to deliver some fun news today. Um, I'm going to call the director of Water is Basic, which helps women repair wells in the world's newest country. And uh, we're going to be able to give them $24,000, a third of the Christmas offering, and we're going to give them fifteen grand anyway. Uh, Christmas offering, Christmas Eve offering was like twenty-seven grand or something. But we have it's twenty-four thousand dollars total. That saves people's lives. Who dies from dirty water? Older folks and kids. It's the kind of thing once you've seen it, once you've been a part of it, you're like, we we, we could do more. We could do more. We have an opportunity to do good. So. That's where this vision came from. Uh, The elders have been praying about it like crazy. Last April, and and look, I I admit, I wasn't expecting to launch something like this when I haven't been here for like a few more years. Last April, though, this is in my first year here. The elders are like, hey, Huber, good job, mostly. Uh, (laughs) Here's what's, you know, they had some encouragements, some... uh, help coaching for me. They're like, what are we doing for the next five, 10 years? What are we going after? And at first I was a little freaked out, but as I prayed about it, I was really, really stirred. And, you know, I, I just admit this is big, but we don't want to, you know, you know what happened to some churches after COVID is the shock and awe and confusion of that has tempted a lot of people to just like, let's just be safe. There's enough hard things going around. Let's just like be as conservative as we can in every area. Let's just be calm. Let's just, uh, just settle down. And yeah, look, we want peace. We want unity. We're going to fight for that and work hard for that. But we also want to see ground taken. We want to see stuff happen. So, we prayed like crazy and planned, and we're asking you to prayerfully plan. Now, this is what that looks like. Look at page 16. Page 16. We're asking you to make a prayerful plan. This isn't like signing your life away in blood. Like, plans change. So some of you are like, hey, I lost my job, or this. Plans could change. We totally get that. Some people will not be able to give as much as they plan to. Some people will be able to give away more. Uh, but the Apostle Paul asked the church in Corinth to plan, and so we're asking you to plan. Planning, I believe, this is what we're going to do. Um, the last week of this, we'll give these together in the act of worship, as an act of worship. God, I prayerfully, I prayed, I've done the work as a disciple. Here's what I'm going to do. And you know what that'll do? I, I mean, I think it's going to do two things. It's going to help you as a disciple, Uh, Make a plan to be generous. What are you going to do? What's what's the step? And I realize some of you have never given anything anywhere. Other of you have this gift. Some of you could be being asked by Jesus to take a few more steps. But it'll help the church too. Like when it comes time to plant a church, you'll see in there. Do we have 250 grand to plant a church? Do we? have that money to give that's our is it there you know it'll help us pull the trigger or not on some pretty big initiatives so that's what we're going to do just asking you to, to do the steps and pray like crazy and i just want to end with these three points okay three points how can we grow in the discipleship rhythm of generosity here's the passage again how can we grow first is we're going to learn from godly examples to learn from godly examples. So um, next week, Bob Thune, who served, they both write for Gospel Coalition. Both these guys, um, you can search for my articles on Gospel Coalition. You'll be searching for a long time. It'll take because I haven't written any there. They don't exist. Um, you guys, are a little, you didn't like that joke. I thought it's funny. I, I kind of like to make fun of that. I'll tease them about that. Uh, anyway, they both lead churches about covenants size. They both, they planted those churches. They both helped other people plant. They both have like a bunch of interns and residents. You know, I'll tell you how many interns Hunter has that, that church fellowship church of Denver and you'll have a single-track tear coming down your face. You'll be like, I want more interns. That's what I do. That's what happens to me. Be like, oh, that's stirring. You're investing in a ton of people. Uh, I'm going to interview Hunter because his church did this, did a five-week series, and just asked people to make a plan. Uh, I forget what his was. His might have been longer. I think his was six weeks. But he did something like this, and it was they launched it in at the end of 2019. So during COVID, okay. And by God's grace, they planted a church, they in a congregation, they did it, and we're just going to learn from them. Hey, let's learn from other churches. Um, they're looking forward to being with us. They're I call them Soul Brothers because there's there was a group of five guys. We've just said, let's pour into each other the rest of our lives. Let's be friends, help each other, help each other's churches. I've preached in both their churches and helped them. And it's going to be a joy to have them here. So we're going to learn from the examples of other churches and be stirred by their generosity. We're also going to hear, learn from examples here in the room right now are people who follow Jesus in this area of life and who are worthy to be followed, who are, like, worthy to learn from. Um, we talked some people into sharing part of their journey with generosity and made little videos. At the end of the sermon, you're going to listen to a video from Brad and Christy Hummel, and they just talk about their journey. and They're talking about, like, yeah, this is what it was like, when, you know, when we, uh, when we were first married, we didn't have have as much as we do now Christie says something that about it going giving going from like command to a joy like something they actually enjoy doing Uh, let's learn from that let's learn from that in the passage that's what paul does he's like hey macedonia how about affliction poverty and joy as the ingredients you know what Know what welled up generosity. He's saying to them, hey, these churches, so this is Philippi, Berea, Thessalonica. Uh, he's motivating them as a church. Hey, there's some churches you can learn from. We want to learn from churches too. We want to learn from people. So we're going to, we're going to hear from each other on this and just be challenged, be comforted, be encouraged, be stirred. We're going to learn from other churches too. Second point, okay? So first point, learn from godly examples. How do we grow? Second, give yourself first to the Lord. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm just asking you, pleading with you, do the inner work first. Give yourself to the Lord. Because look, uh, covenant church didn't give its life for you. No pastor gave his life for you. It's ultimately about you and Jesus. Jesus gave his life for us. Jesus came and died, died on the cross in our place, rose from the dead. Jesus is for us. He's promised to be with us. There's grace for the future. There's comfort. There's assurance. Uh, you can give yourself to God. He is, he is trustworthy to put your whole life into his hands. So give yourself first to the Lord. Make it about you and Jesus And the third point I want to make, and I want to spend a little bit more time on this, just seek the grace of God. Seek the grace of God. Go back to the passage for a second. Now notice, he's like, look, he doesn't say, hey, I want you to know about the grace that the churches of Macedonia have given. Like the grace doesn't come from the church. Where does the grace come from? The grace of God... That has been given among the churches. Look at that; the, it's the grace of God flowing through them, and it was actually a grace—the grace of God—that enabled them to give. Now he uses that language again in verse six when he's like, "Hey Titus, look, weirds. Titus, just as he started, so he should complete among you this act of grace." And then when he says, hey, do so you excel in everything? He ends by saying, excel in this act of grace also. Where, here's what I want to ask you. Where do you need to seek grace from God, actually, because of this topic, so that grace can come through you? Where does the grace come from? It comes from God. Well, maybe you need to seek grace from God to just not fear the future as much. Uh, there's a pastor, theologian named John Calvin that wrote these words in 15 something. It's in the sixth string, so the year is like 1563 or something. He said about this passage: the thing that makes us more close-fisted than we should be with our money is that we are too careful, look too far forward at possible dangers that might come upon us, and so become too cautious and anxious and work out too fretfully how much we are going to need during our whole life and how much we lose when the smallest part is taken away. John Calvin wisely said, hey, you know what? One reason why we're not more generous? We're afraid. We're afraid. And I, something that I go back to, so there's a great promise in Hebrews 13. It says, keep your life from, free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The translation there, recalling a promise of God, is I will no, not never leave you or forsake you. I will always be with you. You can be generous. You can be generous. You know why? God will always be with you. Nothing can happen to you, uh, but what comes over, it's gone past the Father's desk and actually nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not cancer, not a worldwide pandemic, not you losing your job, not a precious relationship blowing apart. Nothing, no demon or angel could separate you from the love of God. God has you fear in Christ forever. You're so secure in that. If if you had a if you had grace to see that You'd be able to relax You had grace to know that you'd be able to like breathe easy so where do you need grace you know uh is it shame from ways you've blown it or like this area of your life you're not doing that doing not not doing that well you know um maybe you know maybe your budget Uh, is like me in my 20s. The numbers go down, the numbers go up. It's all numbers. They're just changing. You just have no idea. (laughs) Maybe you're like, ah, yeah, I need to be a grown-up. Maybe you need grace to be generous. Maybe you're like, God, forgive me for not trusting you, not listening to you. Maybe you're like, God, I need grace to love you more and love people more. Where do you need grace to reprioritize, to trust, to plan? Where do you need grace to, to cover shame? We're going to seek the grace of God. Um, one of the ways, look, we're going to pray that prayer. I, I preached on Psalm 67 twice, which is a funny thing to do uh, in a matter of a couple of years, where it's like, God, bless us, bless us. That's the it's the priestly blessing that Josh Bundy prayed for us bless us cause your face to shine upon us that your way would be known that you'd be known in the world let's pray that one of the ways we're going to seek the grace of God is a, a prayer surge let's bring up the prayer slide we're actually doing a surge of prayer Brad Brodigham has been saying that he serves as an elder here if you listen to Brad Brodigham. Pl- pray uh i think of someone who wrestles in prayer he's taking this really seriously and he actually used that word hey we're having a surge of prayer now before this at 8 15 this morning i was like who's going to show up there was a bunch of people praying for the series praying for our hearts praying for every person who's going to come today they prayed for me they prayed for that God would do a work in the world. And after the service, you can go, second service, you can go to the youth room, youth room it's down the hall, it's just the gym type thing, and join people to just pray. And we're going to have a special prayer before the first service, after the second, during this whole series. And we're going to continue to pray. Hey, we're asking the people to be loved in Jesus' name. We're asking that a church would be planted for asking for freedom. Do you think there's going to be some spiritual warfare around that? Yeah. Do you think that, like, the dark spiritual forces in the world don't want people to know about Jesus, want churches to divide, actually? Don't want more churches to be planted. Don't want people helped. Don't want human beings relieved. Don't want to serve, see churches served in the area. So we're going to pray with some, some hunger, I pray, some boldness, some holy desperation. And you can join that prayer team. We are having you email Laura S. You can just show up today, but if you want like the updates, email Laura Schwartz, just Laura S., a covenant, and you're in. And we're going to learn from examples and just seek the grace of God. Let's seek the grace of God. Let's reach up, reach out. Would you allow me to pray for us right now? Just God would meet us and lead us. And uh, then we'll um, have the Hummels share their story. And we'll sing a final song and just praise the Lord from whom everything comes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for putting examples in history and in our lives that we can learn from. We pray we learn from all these examples. Uh, we pray that we would respond to your grace to us. Uh, we pray you would you would work in our lives and we'd be more generous people. We pray we take steps of faith and obedience. Uh, we pray there'd be freedom, relief from shame, guilt, joy, peace. Uh, we pray there'd be passion for what you're passionate about. Uh, we want to be passionate about people being loved and. I pray for everyone in the room, everyone walk, watching online, that we would seek the grace of God where we need it. We would invite you in, uh, that we'd sense the invitation of the Lord. Lord, grow us as disciples, and we pray this and ask it in Jesus' name that you would be known in this world, in town and around the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: There were times when, especially early in our marriage, we didn't know if we were going to be able to have enough money to make the end of the month right paycheck to paycheck um you know very young in career three little kids uh single income always committed to 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 tithing first because really it wasn't our money to do anything else with um and it was awesome to see unexpectedly how over and over again god provided and closed those gaps and then as later on in life it this story changes a little bit. It's, it wasn't as much about making ends meet on a monthly basis, then it was about, we've got some extra, what's the best thing to do with the extra? How do we be wise and a good steward of that? There is a growth piece. Yeah. There could be times where I think the challenge would be, is, is are you looking at it legalistically? Mm. You know, like you That's have to do things. this, you have to do this. And and to work through that and define the fact that no, like that, That initial tithe is just, if you will, an obligation, but the real joy comes after that. When it becomes an unexpected need that you're able to make a sacrifice for and meet. And there have been so many cool things that we've been able to be a part of in terms of the life of the broader church because of that. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is it went from being a command to now being this beautiful joy and partakers of a blessing um, as we we steward these resources so that's something that we've grown into we're brad and christy hummel we are most excited about reach because i think it's going to be amazing to see how god works through the faithfulness of the people inside the church i you know tomorrow is the mystery that's exciting in christ and so I'm excited to see how people respond to the call, how they grow in faith, how they grow inside their stewardship, and how we see what's already an amazing church continue to just blossom and bless the community here and beyond. Thanks for listening. Feel free to connect with us on our website at CovenantDoralsTown.org to watch live on Sunday mornings, you can also connect with us on Instagram and Facebook.